Borangi is a medicine man, a body worker, and an unbelievably talented musician that you can check out on Spotify. He's been on the podcast a few times. We're having him back again today to talk about the Bodywork Apprenticeship and the new album that we're working on, as well as everything that's been going on in my life. It's an emotional, powerful podcast. I can't wait to share it with y'all. This episode is brought to you by Onnit, onnit.com slash Aubrey for 10% off, by 8sleep, 8sleep.com slash AMP to save $150 at checkout using promo code AMP and by Killcliff, killcliff.com, promo code AMP for 20% off site-wide. So the recording of this podcast came in the middle of us actually recording the album, and that's an album between myself doing spoken word, Porangi playing all of his amazing instruments, another amazing musician, Eric Zhang, Amani from Desert Dwellers and Liquid Bloom, who's laying down all the electronica, and of course, my wonderful wife, Vailana, who's singing on the track. Now, the album won't be available for a little while, but we talk about the album, talk about the bodywork apprenticeship that we went through, and, you know, this is my brother, Porangi, and immediately right out of the gate i got a little bit emotional talking about some of the things that were going on in my life so this is one of those special podcasts i can't wait to share it with y'all and of course porangi opens up with some mind-blowingly beautiful music enjoy the show but before we get started a quick word from our sponsors first up we have on it and i'm going to talk to you guys today about a fat butter chocolate hazelnut flash sale, which is 40% off. Now, if you haven't tried on its chocolate hazelnut nut butter, you're missing out. Basically, what we did, we were like, hey, how do we make Nutella, but without all the sugar and without all the bullshit and have it be something that's really healthy for you and something that's damn fucking delicious? Like, this is so good that when you bring it out, it just goes. It just disappears because people are eating it with spoons like you were sampling a dessert at the end of a nice meal and they serve eight spoons and one dessert and all of a sudden it's disappeared and you didn't even get the crumbles. Like that's the kind of shit we're talking about with chocolate hazelnut fat butter. It's incredible. And 40% off, I don't even think we're making any money on this. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. But nonetheless, here you go. Try the fat butter please. It is absolutely worth it. You won't be disappointed. It's delicious. You can spread it like some butter, some toast. You can just eat it. You can mix it with some ice cream, whatever you want to do. It's, it's your world. It's your life. Live the fat butter fucking dream. Go for it. Onnit.com slash Aubrey. 10% off the 40% off. Does it stack like that? No, it doesn't. But you're just getting 40% off fat butter. But nonetheless, 10% off everything else. So go to onnit.com slash Aubrey. Next up, we have Eight Sleep. Now, Eight Sleep is one of the best mattresses out there, period. But not only that, you can regulate your temperature with the mattress. Not only did I get one of these mattresses, but my assistant Tom got one of these mattresses. And Tom, how is it sleeping on an Eight Sleep mattress? Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, says Tom. Tom didn't even have a mattress before this, though, so you know his actual testimony probably is slightly suspect. But nonetheless, mine is not, because I have access to a cornucopia of mattresses. Any mattress I want, an eight sleep is a good damn 
mattress. Now, I don't always use the temperature regulation thing because, you know, I kind of sort that out with the air conditioner, but some people really swear by it, and maybe I'm just kind of easing into it. Also, I'm sleeping with my wife, so we have different needs for the coolness of the mattress. But there is some great technology and some great science behind having a cooler mattress because we were evolved to sleep on the ground, and the ground was cooler and the air was warmer. And this is how our body understands the natural rhythms of sleeping. So that makes a lot of sense. And if you're in the frozen tundra and you bring your eight sleep, you can heat that bitch up to 110 degrees. You can have a sauna right in your mattress just put some covers on that thing you're gonna be toasty great mattress great technology check it out the results are in eight sleep users fall asleep up to 32 percent faster reduce sleep interruptions by 40 percent, and get overall more restful sleep in the research that eight sleep has done it's awesome eightsleep.com e-i-g-h-t sleep.com slash amp Check out the Pod Pro and save $150 at checkout. Once again, 8sleep.com slash amp for $150 at checkout on the Pod Pro or use the promo code AMP. Next up, we have Kill Cliff. Hold on one second. I have to take a drink. Oh, yeah. You know what I was drinking? I was drinking Kill Cliff. You know why I'm drinking Kill Cliff? Because Kill Cliff has ridiculously clean ingredients and 25 milligrams of caffeine. And I was looking at that 25 milligrams of caffeine and I was saying, hmm, why 25 milligrams of caffeine? And then I started to realize, oh, I get it. That way you can just crush Kill Cliffs all goddamn day. It's like Danny McBride was in a movie one time and he's like, I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. And that's what you can do with Kill Cliff. You can just drink them as many times as you want. It's 25 at a time. You're just getting just a little bit to get you fired up. Do I sound fired up? Yeah, I sound fired up. All I got is 25 milligrams in me, but I'm fucking fired up because they also have other good ingredients in there as well. Designed by Navy SEAL. Joe Rogan's a part of it. I love it. They're very generous. The flavors are delicious. I'm all about it. Check it out. Killcliff.com. Amp for 20% off site-wide. Once again, K-I-L-L-C-L-I-F-F.com and promo code AMP for 20% off. That name is way more scary now that we know that it's designed by Navy SEAL. It feels like one of those things where like they maybe like pushed people like towards a place where they might have fallen off. <laughs> but nonetheless, don't worry about that. The drinks are awesome. And I actually don't know what the name is about. It could be something totally friendly and just like... You know, what I originally thought about, just like, oh, that's a cool brand. Rather than like, you know, when they do, I think they used to do that with the Buffalo. They would like drive them, drive them, drive them until they fall off a cliff. And then they'd have all kinds of meat. (laughs) And they they called it a kill cliff. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry about my nonsense. The drink is amazing. Killcliff.com amp for 20% off site-wide. And now to completely shift emotional directions. An uninterrupted podcast. Let's take a few breaths together. I'm a little excited today. Take a few breaths. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Porangi.
Unsurprisingly, that music was a was a reminder for me of what I do feel is home, and something I've felt more in this past year than I've ever felt in my life. And uh, but I'm still carrying so much baggage from my journey, my journey back home. You know, a place that I've been able to visit. <laughs> And I've always been able to visit it, I feel like, but <clears throat> more so recently than ever before, fully there, you know? Yeah. But man, the the weight of the weight of the journey is it feels heavier now than ever, now that I've like tasted home, you know. Now that I've really felt like felt what it feels like to be like with love and with source and and free and unburdened and mm the wild true self that i am fully so that song <laughs> hit man yeah brother <laughs> yeah that's what i felt i need to call us home we're forgetting all the travels and all the work and all the running around and all the locura yeah we're home it's just like right in that beautiful place right here when we get to come together yeah get to be received yeah welcomed you know, one thing that Charles Eisenstein talks about, he talks about the myth of struggle. And I think this is also one of the pieces of luggage that I picked up in this idea like, you know, I got to do all this work to get home. Maybe, <laughs> like maybe, but what is the work, right? Like, 
and we'll talk about this. I mean, I'm sure surely there's stuff that's stored in my body and that the body is slower than the mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's neural pathways that have been carved and, you know, different epigenetic switches that have been turned on based on certain stress hormones and emotions and things that, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about and you are the placebo. There's things that are in my physical being that might be a little bit slow and have patience and grace, but it doesn't necessarily have to be hard. Like everybody says, do the work. Mm. And it is work, but I think we all believe like it has to be hard for it to it to work. And maybe maybe that's one of the pieces of luggage that I just got to let go of, man. <laughs> There's something to be said about discomfort and how discomfort, yeah. how challenge, how struggle smooths the stone. Yeah. There's, there's something, so there's a truth to that. There's a, so there's, there's a truth to the myth, as with most myths, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, you know we've, we've talked about this before. But, you know, like I've never learned that more so, and really embodied that out of just having to go through the fucking portal, as as going through ceremony and dancing as a sun dancer, right? It's like yeah. you know, it's like that's shown me like wow, like yeah, it's not for everybody. And and it's why do we do this? Why inflict the suffering? Why why by choice go through that degree of discomfort? And it's a non-logical. It's not a simple thing that we can even put that I can put into language. But it's if I were to attempt, it's that when I step through the other side, there's something that inherently comes through in that journey of stepping through that portal of struggle and of facing my mortality and of literally having to go through the most intense pain one that I can imagine. Can you tell people who uh, mm. you know haven't listened to our last previous podcast just a brief synopsis of <laughs> brief. what the sun dance entails? Because people are like, oh, dancing in the sun. That's not so hard. <laughs> I'll do that every day. Yeah. No, you won't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's a ceremony. It's a very sacred ceremony that comes from the Lakota Sioux people. Um, that has been shared also with other tribes, specifically where I dance is with the Diné people, with the Navajo. Um, Navajo elders who hold the Chanupa who was passed to them from Crow Dog. Um, so it's in the same lineage as the Lakota hold it. And the specific prayer that we hold in our dance, because each sun dance can have different, uh, how to put it, like an overarching intention or prayer that's being held by the whole ceremony. And sometimes historically that's been for preparing warriors. Um, this one specifically is, is one for healing and peace and unity. And so it's a very unique kind of, if you will. Um, but this ceremony is essentially a nine-day ceremony, four days of purification, where we're purifying our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and we're going through various activities, working, sweating every day, building and preparing the arbor and this, this whole ceremonial grounds. And then we have four days of, of dancing, where as a sun dancer, we are asked, it's a, it's a commitment of no food, no water, uh, dancing from sunrise to sunset, uh, doing purification lodge, sweat lodge. Um, I think a lot of people know by that inipi ceremony. Two rounds in the morning, two rounds at night. Um, at this rising before the rising sun and after the setting sun, and then uh, and, and imagine like that's an in incredibly intense experience. But doing that without water, no water in the desert at the peak of summer yeah. solstice. So 
yeah, this 4th of July, I'll be out there. When everyone's <laughs> celebrating uh, Independence Ooh. Day, yeah. I'll be out there praying for y'all, yeah. <laughs> praying for all of us. Well, we you're, need, you're we celebrating just... your own independence in yes. a way. It's independence, yes. from, independence from the scrambling away from the suffering and, yeah. the, and the running from the discomfort. And this exactly. is something that I notice in myself. You know, any kind of mild fatigue or boredom, I'm like, oh, well, I could have a little tobacco now and that'll fix that. Oh, well, let me reach some some caffeine, that'll fix that. Or even even a, a healthier practice, I'll, I'll do some breath work and get me out of this. But sitting, accepting, mm. surrendering mm -hmm. to discomfort, mm. like that practice, you know, is invaluable. You know, like that practice is undeniably invaluable. And this is the this is the most extreme example of teaching you how to do this because it's not a mild discomfort. No. The desire to th to drink is a significant discomfort. And then of course and hunger. You know, hunger. And then the piercing though then yeah, becomes so, the acute discomfort. So one of the ways that we part of the prayer is we make a we make a flesh offering. And that's in the form of a piercing. And, and how we do that depends on your prayer and how the individual dancer wants to pray. Every, everything from, the, yeah, there's various ways. I won't get into those details. But essentially, we make that offering. And that offering, there's a lot of misunderstanding that people hear about it. And they think, oh, that's very barbaric or what, you know, all of these things. And there's so much nuance and depth in, in ways, things that I can't even talk about here um, out of sure. honor of the tradition. But what I can say is that this is a, it's an offering, especially as men, historically men are sun dancers. And it's a way that we honor the feminine. It's a way that we honor the life that women give through the pain and suffering. Like there's no light way. I mean, we have anesthetics and we have, we have all these different ways to, to, to basically not feel the birth, but the way the body and the intelligence and the technology of life herself is through the portal of the most incredible pain that as a man we'll never know, that only the, our, the women know, only our mothers, only our sisters and our, our beloveds and our daughters. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that is, as men, this ceremony literally is this very ancient technology and intelligence and wisdom that puts us through that process of humbling ourselves so much to the earth, to the mother, the mother, and then to our beloveds, to our, to our families, to our communities, that we can literally embody and understand a deeper humility of really what life, what it takes to really bring life. And so there's a prayer, there's a song that we sing in Lakota that is the, the piercing round prayer. And this song has very simple lyrics, but uh, the translation, um, essentially, I do this creator so that I may live. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and every time, you know, I feel that, like it just... That song, when you hear it, it's like when we sing it, it's a song that's sung when people pass on to the other mm -hmm. side. It's a song that, that's sung in, in when there's such immense pain and hardship and you need that strength that calls that deepest strength within us to step forward into service and to bring that strength, that resilience. That is like, that is the force, the primordial force of like what makes, gives us the dignity that makes us sentient beings. Yeah. That we rise up like that in the face of that. And that's what life does. We're here because of that, even if we forget. Yeah. And that's the piece I feel in the prayer and why I think it's important we're talking about this now in, in the greater context of what's happening in our country and in, in our world, right? Is that we're being asked, I think, as human beings to really rise up through this immense hardship and really step into like our, 
our correct relation as human beings, as a species on this planet, stewards of this earth. Yeah, indeed. And just to finish what this piercing is, you actually have your own carved wooden pieces that you slice little incisions in your chest, or you could do it in your back in different ways. And I don't know, maybe you can take it from here and just quickly. So people <laughs> wondering what piercing is, it's not yeah. getting a new earring. Yeah, it's not a new earring. No, it's not like that. So we, yeah, it's... um really being mindful of how, how much I I'm, can share in a good way because um, I don't want people to misunderstand. But yeah, different ways that we do this. Um, we receive, uh, we pierce, and the, the wood that we prepare, in which each of us, each dancer prepares their own piercings, um, you know, essentially two spikes, if you will, of wood and um, choke cherry traditionally. And we bring that through. It's one way is the way that I've done it is through my chest. Um, and throw through the fascia essentially, you know? And so that then is connected. And then we, we have a harness that we also weave and that harness then is placed onto us and is tied to, to the central tree that we, that we pray with the tree of life. And, and from that, we dance with that tree connected to it until the moment when we're ready to, to be released. And so we break by dancing away from the tree in four so rounds and pull the pull the, so we pull it until pull the it, spikes and, until it breaks, until it breaks free from the skin. And so that's that, you know, really releasing that energy, releasing that, um, yeah, releasing all of that energy and that f attachment to the physical form yeah. in that moment. It's the death. It's a form of death. And this is, you know, there's Sacrifice. so many people who talk about the virtue of this discomfort, My, myself being one, Joe Rogan's another, even David Goggins to a certain degree, one mm -hmm. of the reasons why people love him and anybody who does an ultra marathon or there's so many ways to do this. Wim Hof is everybody who follows him. Mm -hmm. The idea of getting into the freezing cold, the reason why we climbed Mount Shnishka with our shirts off, you know, in the freezing, sleeting blizzard. And the reason why we do these things is, also in its own way to teach this and there's many many ways that we can do this but it is such an essential thing and it's it's a thing that as i progress i realize i've always been one to comfortable 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 all right enough of that let me go do something extreme whether a really hard workout or a freezing cold thing or a sweat lodge or a hard ceremony or mm -hmm. and then it's comfortable 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 it's I still haven't been able to translate. Like I'll have the courage, that kind of warrior's courage to show up when I'm really ready to do it. But then in the intermediate times, in the <clears throat> I'm no that that's not there. I'm just scrambling from one one more comfortable thing to another more comfortable thing. Mm. And I think a big part of where I'm going is to just really be okay with the banality of discomfort in life you know not i feel like the extreme thing even the even the sundance like mm -hmm. i don't have a feeling and, and i'm you know not saying that i'm doing it nor am i fully invited or anything like that but if the thought of doing it doesn't make me feel like oh i could never do that you know because i feel like in those acute cir circumstances i have the strength to rally for something that intense like i trust myself mm. when i'm pushed up against it mm. i've seen what comes forward mm. and that's like a part of me that i know but then if you're going to ask me what i'm going to do at four o'clock on a wednesday when i'm a little bit sleepy can i handle it I'm like nah i can't handle it <laughs> you know and that's yeah. the that's the interesting paradox of 
of where I'm at. And I think mm. one of the, you know, a description of suffering is resistance to discomfort, resistance to pain. That's suffering. There's mm. there is the sensation, and then there's the resistance to the sensation, which creates the suffering. And this is the fundamental cause of a lot of my suffering is resistance to whatever thing that I'm feeling. And and I know that more of these practices I need to transcend. You know, like recently in studio and this is another thing we'll get to yeah. recently in studio I, I took some psilocybin uh mushroom chocolate to help me get in the flow to to offer the spoken word to this amazing album but i've been resistant to do mushroom journeys because they're uncomfortable i purge strange liquid out of my eye and that goes in my sinuses and i get nauseous lately it's not like it used to kind of be a blast I was like, ooh, mushrooms, this is fun. But it's been work. And so I've been like, mm. eh, mushrooms, like, I love you, but mm. not yet. And then I do it, and I'm like, man. And then I feel so much lighter, and it's just like going through that work and going through that, you know, the tension that comes in, like, fuck. Like, that's not the only way, but pushing myself through more and more of those different ways is essential. And I'm just starting to really realize that, like, mm-hmm. It's just absolutely essential for me so I can break that cycle that I'm in of always reaching for more comfort. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really powerful what Pink Floyd said in their album, you know, Dark Side of the Moon. They say, you know, I've become comfortably numb. Yeah. And that lyric is so, really has always sat with me in a way. You know, it's, it's a, the conundrum, like the paradox of our modern society is that we're all seeking this we all want this comfort and that's the very thing that nature will never give us. Yeah. Nature's never going to give us comfort. We're always going to want it and we're going to suffer because we're always wanting to stay in this comfortable place. Just like when we're in the womb, we're in this such a comfortable yeah, heaven yeah. and all of a sudden it's like water breaks and it's time and we're going. It's like it's time to go and we yeah. all have to do that journey. And life then is this ongoing, you know, as as we're in this adult, you know, as we go through our cycles as as human beings we're asked to continue to step through these portals of birthing ourselves, of rebirthing ourselves. And and that may look like a, a journey with onguitos, that could look like a journey with abuelita ayahuasca, or it could look like, you know, literally you could just, what, yeah, just literally climbing the top of Kilimanjaro, or that could be, yeah. you know, sitting with, with elders and going through an initiation, a rites of passage of any kind. But we've lost that in our society. Yeah. In modern, you know, I'm going to speak to American society, right? We we have no rites of passage. It, you get a driver's license and you get the ability to numb yourself out with alcohol. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. Like that. That's and then what we're trained, you know, through the Greek system, the fraternity sororities, it's totally preparing you to to be more numb, to take more of this deferring. Like numbing ourselves is more of the comfort. It's like yeah. this comforting, of course. right? But it's at the cost of not feeling alive. Right, not being alive, and that's and and that disconnect right there, I feel, is at the core of a lot of our our sickness in our society, and, and sickness that I feel, sickness that I think we all are going through, living in this society. Even when we do all this work, it's like because we're still in that context of denial and survival and in in scarcity. That whole context is leaving us more of the same. And it's not just the intoxicants. I mean, food is another comfort, right? I mean, Absolutely. this. This way, again, just this is an idea that I got from Charles Eisenstein that makes sense. Is like people are, a lot of people are reaching to food as a way to love themselves. Like this is, a, they're loving themselves through food and through this pleasure, reaching for comfort in one way, but also nourishing some, 
some sense of mm. I need I need something, and then you know potentially because of their feeling of being small and their self rejection, they're actually subconsciously becoming largesse, enlarging the thing that they can enlarge, which is their body, when they really want to enlarge their spirit. But it's all been kind of warped, and there's so many different ways, whether it's food or whether it's intoxicants or whether it's anything that we just reach for something that we think is going to feed us but it doesn't it's like it's like we really want exactly. a piece of fruit but we're we're taking sucralose you know which is going to give us cancer ultimately in the end just because mm -hmm. we need that sweet and it's kind of sweet but it's not the thing that we're actually looking for right. you know we're really only it's not the thing that can actually feed us and the food that we even think that is is food actually isn't right it, the right. soil's been impoverished or we're using so much roundup now so the actual nutrient, yeah, the glyphosate. The glyphosate. This is like such a big deal, like on the planet, planetary level. So we're trying to fill this emptiness, this disconnect, and it's like it creates this void. And so we try to fill it, fill it, fill it, and it's insatiable. And everything, every single system that we have, kind of to interact with, from our social media to, you know, to the way that we go to a store, the way we do retail therapy, right? People are like retail, yeah, there, buy more the same stuff, thing, you and know? it's just more emptiness. We're trying to fill this thing, yeah, and finds connection. And it's just creating this greater void, this deeper emptiness, deeper disconnect. And so I, I, I feel that therein lies this piece that we're being invited to look at: is how do we change our context? How do we really start to step into a context that is about connectedness, that is about being in tuned with our emotion, which is such a big thing. A lot of this is like suppressing emotion or trying to just like, you know, kind of keep the emotions at bay rather than feeling the emotions and moving the emotions. Because emotion is this emotion, it's this energy in motion. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I always try to talk about music and the power of music and dance. Because when we start to move our body, that is the best medicine to move all of these feelings. Yeah. If you can put it into form and literally express it through some form of vibration and don't have to be a musician or a dancer, right? It's like the old African proverb, if you, can, if you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. That's medicine. Mm -hmm. And a dear sister, uh, um, Samantha Sweetwater, you know, uh, Samantha, I think you, you know her well. She, she says this, and I really appreciate that. And she says, this is a... I believe it's a saying from an old proverb from uh, Curandero that says, "When did you, when did you forget? When did you forget to take joy in singing? When did you forget to take joy in dancing? When did you forget to take joy in the stories of yourself and others?" Mm -hmm. When you answer that question, when you look at that. That's that's the path back. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the signature of, to me, the the true spiritual master, is play, you oh, know. Right. And we we had this conversation when yeah. we were doing a, a bodywork session recently. And this is another thing we'll get to. I promise we're going to get to all <laughs> these different things. But you know, ultimately, I've always seen that. You know, you can tell a spiritual master by the sound of their laughter. That's always mm. something I've said. <laughs> and it's just this kind of playfulness, and even this rascal nature mm -hmm. you know like you, mm -hmm. you hear stories of from ramdas about uh his guru maharaji mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he's just throwing fruit and he's saying comments and he's being a rascal because there's this playfulness you know if he's if he's there and he's fully embodied as his divine self in his atman in his in his godhead mm -hmm. you know then it is going to be fun. It is going to be laughs. It's not going to be all fucking serious. 
you know, this is, this is, we're here to play. We're here to play in these bodies <laughs> and, and live in this way. And totally. that's like, that's the signature. So anybody out there, you see someone who's way too serious, they're not, they don't get it. They don't get it. Like the play, the laughter, the joy, so the singing, the dancing, it's everything. You know, this is it. This is this is the why. You know, and sure, they may have great wisdom if they're super serious or all of these things. It's not to denigrate that expression, but mm. play is the essential nature of what we're going for. This is home. There's a sacredness to, to the playfulness and and humor. You know, is and humor is just on the other. The veil is so thin between humor and grief. Between tear and laughter, yeah. it's so thin. So when we move with laughter, we it, it, like the tears of laughter. It's like it's it's so beautiful, right? And this has been studied, right? The different tears have different chemical compositions that actually are. It's like our body's rain, its own water. It's expressing. So when people like, try to like you know wipe away the tears, suppress that emotion, it's like take those tears and like bless yourself, put it on your body, like literally gift yourself this yeah. this anointing. Um, you say that about laughter, and I was just thinking about uh, our chief, you know, up at the dance and, and first lady. They're always cracking jokes. Like, that's the thing. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, we're in this super serious moment of a ceremony, you know, and then they'll like crack some joke. You're like, oh, did he just do that? And, you yeah. know, everyone's just, you just feel it, right? Because, like, yeah. they know, it's like they know the importance that we bring that lightness and levity. Because, in the end, this is, it's, it's, it's all a great play. Yeah, it's a great play, and w in all cultures, that's something I I see in cross culturally, through all the places and and with different elders that I've been able to sit with and study with, they always bring that laughter because they know that's the core, that's a core piece of of the mystery. Yeah, and that that humor, as you know, that humor and that laughter and that play, everything has gotten so serious. It's one side versus the other side, red versus blue, masks <laughs> versus not, vaxes versus not, it's versus, versus, versus. And people are putting themselves in this constant state of battle, you know? And sure, there is a time for battle. There is a time to bring everything you have, but how and in what way? Mm. And, and like, really that that idea that you need to fight something mm. sometimes sometimes but mostly you just need to live in the example of what you're fighting for which is the joy and the acceptance and the love right like this is you're trying to attack something who's attacking and is supposing that that's going to solve the attacking mm. you know it's not it's mm. But if if we really want to, yeah, it's more the same. If we really want to show up as warriors of light, play, laugh, don't take anything seriously. You know, I'm going to do a podcast. Especially yourself. Especially yourself. That's where it gets real. <laughs> and your beliefs and your ideas. Yes. You know, and just mm. let, play all that lightly. Yeah, all right. It may, you know, be passionate about it. But also, like, carry Definitely laughter with you wherever you go. You know, like, no matter what you do, that should be part of your scent, part of your signature, part of your vibration, is that there's, there's a smile and a laugh and a hug, like, right there, always one little breath away. When things are so heavy, it's, it's really important. And I've, it's been my medicine is that when I'm feeling so down and so bent, it's like... I just gotta laugh at myself, right. and sometimes the laughter turns into tears, and it's it's like it's so healing, so healing, and so moving. Having practices to move 
that emotional energy is is essential in that in that whole dance is being able to have different practices one of the things is like the ecstatic dance practice you know we've we've talked about a lot and over the years i know the very first ecstatic dance when no they're at the ranch with ashley facilitating yeah. and, and myself with music and and getting to hold, hold that space like you feel the importance of the sacredness when we are able to let go and even be, I believe we did the blindfold, right? We did the blindfold, yeah. the first one. So we will do a blindfold. So you're not in that, I'm looking, oh, am I cool? Am I looking at someone else? Oh, they're dancing better than me and all that inner yeah, critic. All that comparison. It's just, just move your body and it doesn't matter. And just explore new ways to move your body, ways you've never moved. And when we do that, something happens where those, those, those bricks uh, which we might call beliefs, this bricks, and it's stuck in this mortar made of emotion. We start to move that emotion. All of a sudden, these beliefs start to get loose. And what was a wall of belief systems that we've been holding, holding dearly our whole life, suddenly starts to become soft and plastic. And all of a sudden, you can like push it, and like a window forms. And you're like, holy shit! Mm. I've been in this prison of beliefs that mm -hmm. are just. Who created this? Like you did. You did. <laughs> exactly. You did. And, and the dream of the world. And the you dream know, of the world. The world. You inherited the, some of these. Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we learn the we learn the game. We learn we learn conditional love and the prison of conditional love. And this is the deepest prison of them all. This is the one this is the this is the one that we're all in. And and this is something as much as I'm aware of the nature of unconditional love mm. and the love that holds no record of wrong mm. and this this the way that god's favorite joke is two because there's just one and it's all god right like two what <laughs> it says god like what where you know like it's Duplicity. god it's god everywhere and it's this idea that God you know, meeting God. Exactly. And and God this, wanted somebody to jam with. Yeah. For sure. So it's like, hey, yeah. I'm just gonna do and this. Dance and play now and, we can and play. all of the different ways. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful. But you know, you understand this at that that level. Like I get it. Man, I fucking get it. And I felt it and I've been there. And I know what that love feels like. And I know God. And I know that is true. And I've felt it, man. And I've felt it god love like i've i know it and then i spend the rest of my day in this conditional love oh my god i don't know if this person's gonna what are they gonna think and uh am i doing the right thing am i doing enough now now i have more resources am i deploying them in the right way am i did i just spend enough time preparing for this did i do that? and i'm still judging myself constantly yeah. just constantly and then remember and the antidote yeah, and that was it. And so this is something I shared with you recently. And I'll <laughs> also we'll go through this. So this will this will be a segue, the last little bit about mm. my own challenges. <laughs> but so we go into a, a bodywork session, which I was, you know, blessed to mm. apprentice with you as well. And I can't wait to share that and we'll talk about that. But at the start, there's kind of a, a an intake, like a moment where we connect and you know, as I mentioned, this has been an interesting, challenging time because I'm being called to the chrysalis. I'm being called to the mm -hmm. cave to hibernate, and I've been pushing it off for so long. So, yeah, sure, sure. But, like, it's time. It's fucking time. And and I know that. And I'm so things are building, things are coming. And it's like, all right, all right, I got this. But, anyways, we go in, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you ask, you know, what are you feeling? And I was like, all right, I feel this you know, feel this pressure, this thing, and it's above my heart. And you say, okay, what's its shape? 
and uh, and I thought you said, what's its shame? And I go, what, what's its shame? And you're like, no, no, I said, what's its shape? And I said, oh, okay, well, it's like two pieces of armor that go out kind of like dragonfly wings, and uh, they're like metal. And you're like, okay, what's your shame? And I go, oh, man. And I was like, at first I was like, um, nothing. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm not ashamed of anything. Shame, I've gotten rid of that a long time ago. I'm fucking Aubrey Marcus. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Shame is not for me. Shame. Hmm. And then I was like, and just sitting in deeper. And I take a little cannabis for these sessions. This is kind of my session medicine. So I'm just sitting deeper, breathing. And then this emotion starts to well up. And I realize, oh, man. I'm ashamed that I don't fully love myself. I don't love myself. And I've talked about self-love. I've had podcasts on self-love. And this is why the shame is there. Because mm -hmm. I know better in my mind. That's what I say. You know better. You should love yourself. You should love yourself. There's the judge again. Yeah. And that's the There's reason the that I don't love myself is the judge, the judge judging me for not loving myself yeah. again it's like this fractal it's this fractal denial of love denial content. you don't love yeah you don't love yourself oh you i can't believe you don't love yourself you know better denying more love and back and then i'm i can go back and back and back <laughs> and judging the judge who judges the judge who judges the it's, judge it's the hell it's hell it's uh -huh. the infinite loop of of judgment yeah and it was just it was really deep to just feel like oh man this is the way and whenever i connect with my higher self my soul whatever you want to call it nomenclature gets confusing for people but that the unborn the undying part of me that i know is always there yeah the witness i say what should i do what what you know give me like when i ask when i pray you know please like give me some guidance it's always the same it's always the same my soul says love yourself completely completely i'm like okay simple in idea very difficult because that means the complete removal of judgment entirely mm -hmm. and to do that you have to also radically accept and love the judge and surrender it has you can't you can't be judging the judge you have to love everything love that aspect of yourself yeah. that judges yourself yeah. until you love it so much that it no longer carries any weight you've just disarmed it entirely love every aspect and in this you shared and i'll let you share the antidote, the antidote. and i'll <laughs> let you share this because this landed really deep <laughs> so i say so i ask him i'm like so let me give you a spell an algorithm an antidote to Ayacha, the, uh -huh. the, the self-judge, the inner judge, the inner critic, which I sometimes talk about. It's like the heyoka, the sacred clowns, the shadow aspect, whereas the light aspect is discernment. The shadow is this, this inner critic, this continuous judge. And so you ask it. It says, oh, Aubrey, you should love yourself. You're doing a shitty job. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you say to it? You say, so what? So what? 
So fucking what? <laughs> Moment you say that, just feel it in your body. So what? Oh, you sang out of tune. So what? <laughs> so what? It's so fucking powerful. All of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. there's this little, it just breaks this thing and it literally leaves, leaves space for all of a sudden you can feel like, oh yeah, wow, I can just shed that. And it just it you take your power back take in this way, back. right? It's like the judge has been this huge looming force, this overpowering the this this shadow father, this Jehovah that's been that we've projected from our own judgment, right? And all of a sudden we stand up and we look eye to eye, and instead of cowering, because this thing holds holds the the bounty of love and only trickles a little bit out, you know. We just look it right in the eye and say, "So what? What? So what? So what?" <laughs> and then it's I then it has, so then it's like, "Oh, all right, yeah." You know, and it and it puts us on the le- on the same level, and and it, it's such a powerful, such a powerful practice. Ah, oh, I should have prepared more. Oh, I can't believe I did. So what? so what? Show up, and as soon as you, so what? What's the second half of that? Do you remember? <laughs> No, share it. Play. Keep oh, yeah, playing. Of course. Yeah. I mean that's get that's back only, in the game. That's get where back we got to. There. Yeah. So it's and it's this invitation. Because the inner critic, right? So this is something we we do a lot. Like so when when I do the music as medicine retreats, where we where we take uh, this beautiful group of humans who many of them don't have musical or or have these stories and these beliefs. Their inner critics are so strong. Maybe an adult or someone else, another relative told them when they were little, you can't sing or you can't, you know, you can't do that. You're not a musician. Oh, you sound terrible. All of those little stories. So they come with that. Even they don't even remember they have that, right? Because everyone, we, we show up and they had the courage to show up. And so we're in this work and literally in the work of creating music and doing circle songs and doing this technology that we do in the retreat of just remembering what it is to have a voice and to be heard and to be witnessed in your authentic expression with no pre-thought, with no preparation, literally get into flow state. So this is like the flow, flow dojo. Mm-hmm. And so we're in this work with each other and I, it's amazing to watch people just get paralyzed and crippled by that inner critic. You can just see it, like you can feel it. They're disconnected all of a sudden. And so when I give them that, so what? And just to see them, like literally like in the middle of the circle and be like, so what? And right away, it's like you get better and better at bringing your so what in a way that you then get to this ability to where any time that hiccup comes in, the moment you get into your mind and separation happens and it knocks you out of flow state, you're then able to get right back up on your board and keep yeah. going. And that's the idea is that the more you do this, the more you're just able to be so what? You know, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it. Oh, shit, I fucked up. So what? Keep going. No, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And so it's literally this dance. And it gets to where it's just second nature. And 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 I can say this because I've, I feel that, and not that I don't have moments of big inner critic. I When I am able to really get out of the way, which I'm able to do, and I, and I do this, like when we're in these moments where we're jamming, like when we're just playing music, it's, for me, that's one of the places where mm-hmm. this happens. I, I, I've gotten to this place and so I know it's possible and that's why I say this to all of us. It's like, it's, it's literally a point where you, you, you are so fluid. You have this fluidity about, the, not that the inner critic and the judge isn't gonna come up and you're not gonna have that thing pop in, but that when it does, your ability to be in the so what about it and just keep moving with it and just turn that into a new idea, a new piece of, of uh, compost for the next creation yeah. is so fast. That all of a sudden it's like you're just constantly living in this in this state more than not. Yeah, and that's really I believe a goal. I, it's it's something it's something I believe we all can strive for. 
Oh, 100%. And every really successful person that I know, well, not everyone maybe, but most of them, you know, being around athletes, you know, and through on it and through my mother who is a professional athlete and particularly in that in that realm, if you start to judge and dwell on, and even myself as a basketball player, if you start to judge and dwell on your last shot or your last throw if you're a quarterback or your mm-hmm. last, mm-hmm. you know, shot the backhand that you hit in tennis if you dwell on that at all you're fucked it's done you're you're done yeah right like it has to be it has to be completely over and it's it's funny because especially in racket sports you know more than anything i think because there's time in between them and i don't know maybe it's just the people who are attracted to them like even playing pickleball now and people will take it real seriously i've known this from playing and being around and I have my own issues with with the judge, but it doesn't come out in the sports because I've I know that I know that if I really get down on myself, it's just going to do it. So you just laugh, like yeah. you just like yeah. laugh, like wow, that was a fucking awful shot. And There's you, that whole you series. Just chuckle and you just smile. The serious thing, you got to laugh. And then I watch, like I watch other people, mm. and they'll start beating themselves up. Come on, wow, what are you? And I'm like, oh, you're done now. Like, it's, you're done. Like, this is this is it. And we do that in life. There's another incredibly successful, uh, successful commodities trader. And my dad would tell me stories about him. I, apparently, they were young and single at the time, and mm, mm. they went out to a, they went out to a bar or a club or whatever it was back then. And uh, he goes up to this model, looking. My dad says she looked like a model. And he's just an ordinary guy from Virginia and, you know, fair, you know, just a normal guy. And, uh, <laughs> and he has, you know, his glasses and, and he goes up and he, he asked her to dance or asked her for a drink. And apparently she was like impossibly rude. She was like, I would never have a drink with you if there were no more drinks available in the whole planet. Okay. Get lost. And my dad, who's got, who had a real strong judge, you know, like really strong. My dad was like horrified, like, holy shit, that was the harshest rejection mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything. They just kind of like, uh, kind of kept cruising around. And at the end of the night, my dad apparently goes to him and says, man, that was really rough what happened with, uh, with that woman you went up and talked to. And uh, his friend was like, what? What do you mean? oh yeah that oh yeah but he didn't even remember he didn't even remember it mm. it didn't even phase him mm. not one bit mm. you know he mm-hmm. didn't take on that that rejection and and then allow his judgment to judge himself for how he appeared or what he said he did none of that it was just like oh yeah whatever that's her story that's she's in that's in her dream that's not in my dream right and that guy has become one of the most successful humans on the planet and I've always remembered that story mm. because these things that we think are like these crushing defeats and these crushing rejections, if we allow them to be, if we want that to be part of our story, if we allow that to harness to our own self, to our own judge, totally. then it is. If, if not, it's not. And we just continue to play. And it's like, oh, yeah, that thing? Yeah, <laughs> well, that was weird. You know, she's in a weird dream. Yeah. And we have that power. We do. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice we have to practice. We have to practice it. It yeah. is. Yeah. Practice makes the master of everything. That's it. Laughter, play, so what? Laughter, <laughs> play, so what? <laughs> Repeat. Yeah. And just stay in that. Yeah. And be in that as, as often as you can. And it's, and it's important to, to, I think, 
just to say it, it's not being flippant with the state of the world, with the state of our being. With it's, So that's the two sides of the judge. Discernment versus that self-judge inner critic. It's like the, the heyoka has these two sacred shadow light, you know, and dark aspects. The dark one being that crippling self-judgment that literally stops the flow of life. The other being the discernment, like we talked about in the lyrics, right? The, the sword. Mm. It's that sword that cuts away Right, it's the discernment between what is illusion and what is what is truth. Yep. And that, and so that that's the light aspect of that heyoka of the play of the clown, because you have that mastery to totally be working with truth and dancing with truth, and you see all the illusion. And you're playing, you get the illusion, and it's a joke. The illusion's the greatest joke of all. Yeah. And for people who don't know a heyoka, maybe just explain the heyoka and the role of the heyoka in the Lakota tradition and some of the things that they'll even do at a Sundance, for example. <laughs> well, yeah, so heyoka, heyoka is, a, is a sacred clown, would be the closest uh, translation that I've been explained. They're known as the sacred clown and, and they are sacred. And clown in, in the sense that they are sp- sacred individuals within the people and, and all peoples have Different, this archetype exists. I've seen in many different cultures, and we have them in our culture. Wasn't Just, Crazy Horse a Kayoka? I, I think I, Crazy Horse was a Kayoka. It's too. possible, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a, a gift from the tribe to give this kind of, it's an well, honor. Yeah, it, it an is honoring. an honor. It is a big honor, and it's, it's not something you're gifted. So the way that I've been explained is that it's something that you're not, you can't choose this. It's something you're born, and people recognize it, like they see it. So, for instance, one of the ways people are struck by lightning often are the heyoka, they become heyoka. Like that's one of the things, it's one of the, the things. Uh, it's so a tough, it's a tough it's criteria. A tough, yeah, yeah, just saying like <laughs> there's things like this that there aren't like clear cut, like, right. you know. But the way this works is that the heyoka, they have the ability, so in a ceremony, there's very specific ways. In life, there's very specific ways we move, say in a clockwise uh, manner. So they're allowed to work in the opposite and they will go in the opposite direction their responsibility in fact is to go in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> that's their sacred responsibility is to move things and to break the norms and to shake things up and to kind of stir everything so that again we don't take ourselves too seriously so in the ceremony you know you ask in sundance so one of the examples is when the heikas they come and they're in the ceremony with us and they dance with us and they they go through everything but they don't have to abide by the same rules so, and they don't, and that's their responsibility. So their sacred response, for instance, we're out there, you know, day three, day four, like no water, no food. And we're just like going through it and, and in our prayer and we're in our dance. And this is the thing. Their job is to make sure, are you really praying? Are you really in your dance? And so they'll come up to us sometimes and they'll t- taunt us and tease us. Like they'll come up right in front of you with watermelon and be like, <laughs> eat that watermelon right in front of your face, you know, and just see, hey, are you, are you really in it? And you cannot, the, it's just, it's literally they're holding that, that pillar of that mirror showing you like, okay, what part of you is not really in your prayer? What part of you is thinking about food or water or thinking about how soon is this going to be over or thinking about whatever distraction? Mm. It's really asking you, are you able to be totally in your prayer? And just, because if you are, when we're there, you have to be in your prayer. If you're not, you're suffering. If you're in your prayer, the suffering falls away and you just become the prayer. Yeah, That's why I always tell you when, when I'm out there, you come to me, every single individual that has been in my life is there with me. All the unborn children, they're there with me. 
Mm. I feel all of them. I feel every single being. They come to me and I see all their faces. And it, that's literally what you're doing for those 12 hours. Yeah. You know, it's just, you're just in it. And, and as I'm doing, I'm watching the clouds and the cloud people, cloud nation, they come and they're showing me all these different visions. It's so beautiful in that way, you know? And it's, it's really, if you can stay in your prayer, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful experience. Yeah. If you don't, and, and there are moments when you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> that's, that's it. But the key is to come back into that. And so their sacred role is that heyoka is to really ch- test you and make sure you're really in it. And it's, it's such a beautiful concept because these rituals and things, they can get, they can calcify and become stagnant and become mm. all too serious. And you mm-hmm. can forget that this is a way that you're learning how to play better. This is a way that you're learning this way to appreciate. But if you forget the play and the, and the and if you don't have something that breaks up that stagnation, it can become this dogmatic thing that's all 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 too too serious and out of alignment. So just having that gentle reminder, stirring yeah. the other direction. And sometimes it's not gentle. Sometimes yeah. it's not. Sometimes the heoka will literally like drag somebody or pull somebody's like skirt down or like do crazy things, like things that like. so you really so it keeps us you kind of really stay in your in your in your awareness you don't check out you're not like and i i would just say like the equivalent in our modern society which i think is important to acknowledge it's like the heoka would be those who maybe in our society we would say they have a mental disorder we would say oh someone we 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 call them you're bipolar or you're manic or you're this, you're that. And we'd give them a, a you know, a di- diagnosis. We'd give them some kind of drugs and then we'd put them in an institution. In the, in the traditional cultures, they were, were exalted. They were honored because they have certain superpowers. They have sensitivities. They have insights. They're psychic. Mm. We don't want to hear that. And so in that same way, if you can, it's such an interesting parallel. I've reflected on a lot. It's like in our society, we don't want that. We want things need to, we all need to drive on this side of the road and, and we yeah. all need to go to work. And it's not all okay believe to feel the same that. thing. And if you don't believe the same thing, you're an enemy, you know, and if someone says something to you that triggers you, then it's, then let's cut them off. Let's boundaries, you know, and exactly. the, you see this in the spiritual we'll community. Put them in prison. Put all the time. It's like, oh, nope, you know, you got to get my boundaries and blah, blah, blah. And they use this kind of language to actually push judgment and push mm. these things that actually might rub them in a way that could be their opportunity for growth and they just start exiling all of these different aspects and sometimes that's necessary but if you took and said everybody who triggers me is hayoka is like this is what they're doing this is they're their the, thing because the obviously i'm right not it yeah i'm not I'm not getting it right now. Mm. I'm taking myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this dream too seriously. And they're getting to me, you know? And this is something Ramdas talks about. Like, I, he lived in New York because New York was the place that got to him the most because mm-hmm. most is the most busy and there was mm. the, the most intense dream. And that that helped remind him. It was, it was hard for him. So the whole city was a Hayoka for him. And so he was like, great. And they would play yeah. games where they would try to, challenge each other and trigger each other in ways it's just like as a way to say like am i really am i really do, do i really get it right now or is there something is there a fear a scarcity an insecurity a doubt mm. uh and my is my ego showing up in mm. some way and just getting all of these little tests but if we look at our whole life like that it just changes the way that we look at everybody it's like oh thank you 
thank you, person who honked at me aggressively, even though I didn't even cut you off and you didn't even have to hit the brakes. Like, thank you. I appreciate that, you know, because it made a little flush in my body. You helped me stay aware. You helped me be present and give me opportunity to show up with equanimity, to show up with love and compassion in the face of hardship. And that's full spiral back to our conversation about how discomfort Mm -hmm. helps, actually can liberate us if we can hold it in that way. Yeah. There's a liberation through the challenge. There's a strengthening. There's a there's that metal on metal like we talked about, right? Like the sword on sword. There's something about that we need. Uh, iron to, sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Helps us to be better humans and better leaders and better way shores. Yeah. Hmm. So let's talk about this practice. I've referenced body work. We talked about the the intake aspect of it. This is something I experienced from you mm. and I have experienced from you for I don't know 8 10 years now. It's been gosh, long at time. least 8 maybe 9. And it's been something that always you know and I've I've worked with a lot of different practitioners, a lot of different things. It's been consistently the most otherworldly experience outside of you know, a psychedelic journey of of some sort that that I've experienced. Mm. You know, and I've and it's it's this really unique, and I'll and I'll pass it over to you to explain it. But it's this very unique combination of working with the soma, the body, the tissue, the fascia, and then working with the auric field, the the ethereal body, the energy field, but. Most of the time that I've experienced anybody working on the energy field, it's like I feel like somebody's pantomiming something. And mm-hmm. I've even done it. I've even participated as a pantomime, like <laughs> I'm doing something good here. I watched it on a Reiki video once, or somebody <laughs> did this, and I'm going to pantomime swirling your chakras, and it's going to be dope. Right. And I was like, gotcha, didn't I? And they're like, yeah, it was great. I was like, but I've never actually really felt it. And I think that's except when I was working with you. And mm. then it was like, no, 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 this is real. Mm. Like this is real. And it validated the whole field for me of like, okay, there's something else here. And the, the balance, the combination of working with the, the soma and the, and the aura, that was that is this really unique piece in how you approach it. So I'll pass it over to you. This is my experience of it, of, of this. It is, it's like a restoration of your original blueprint as a being. That's what I feel like mm. when I experience this. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. <sighs> yeah, so this, this work that has been coming through. So my, my abuelita, my bisabuela, lineage of, of healers, of sobadores of sobadoras, and they were traditional, which means those who work with their hands. Sobar is to, to rub. So like there's hueseros, there's bone setters, you know, like your chiropractor would be the modern version mm-hmm. of that. And those who were the sobador would work with the hands to work with the connective tissues and the muscle tissues. But really what we're working with is connective tissue, because when we get down to it, even, even in the muscle, if you really were to dissect all of it and look at the whole being each strand is wrapped in its own sheath of fascia and that's wrapped in a greater sheath of fascia and all of that fascia is one continuous web that flows throughout the entire body and it's intelligent and this is when we talk about the soma we're talking about 
what I'm referring to is this innate intelligence, this body inner web that carries intelligence and communication and a consciousness of its own that in some ways, I believe, predates, if you will, the consciousness that we talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, the con- when we're talking about consciousness, there's like this emergent quality. That for me is an emergent quality of the body, of the body's own being and its intelligence. It's been here since the beginning. This is along this whole dance. And so what we're doing, what I'm, when we're working in this, and when I say we, it's because I'm never alone in this. Whenever I'm there, it's like I'm there with other beings that are assisting me. I'm there with your guides and your helpers that are assisting. I'm there with the body, my body, and it's a conversation between these two somas that are dancing in a field that is connected in so many ways that we're still scratching the surface of. And so I'm in this dance, and so I'm asking permission, and I'm literally then tuning into my breath in training my breath to your breath and entrainment, we're talking about this incredible phenomenon where things, different cycles, different systems that appear to not be in sync will then come into sync with each other inherently. Like pendulum clocks all set to different times. It's been measured mm-hmm. over and over again, right? They eventually all sync up. You walk back in the room, you're like, what? You know, women's moon cycles, right? They, they start hanging out together. All of a sudden, all the women will actually sync up their moon cycle. That's like total magic, right? You, you, various examples. Well, that might be the that might be pheromones. <laughs> well, well pheromones the, may be connected to this, yeah, right? Yeah, for but sure. it's a thing in, in in various systems. I mean, there's biological systems and non-biological systems no that entrain, and so this entrainment, we we create this. So I start to breathe and sink into a, a synchronicity and entraining with your breath, and then together our two breaths tracking the energy. Our bodies then are able to communicate when there is contraction and where there is expansion. And the dance is literally being able to read the body using that and using vibration to ask conversation, have a conversation that's non-linguistic with the body. So I'm able to then use breath, use vibration to like a sonar to create space, to ask if there is space, to see what's happening. And then from that place, invite your body when you're you know, going into a more parasympathetic state, if it wants to self-organize. And so I offer a pattern, a rhythm, mm-hmm. and I'm basically asking, I mean, and this is using words for something that's really hard to put into words, but essentially, if I were to try to articulate it, it's like I'm offering a blueprint of self-organization that I can sense, that I, it's telling me, hey, I'm, I'm out of this, just, here's the shoulder that I injured 15 years ago, and I'm, I wore a sling for a year, and it's been healed all this time, but I'm still in this, this pattern has been there in my soma, that's still holding this thing. And there's an emotion charge that's there that my amygdala imprinted in me back then from the fear and from the pain of like holding myself, bracing for impact. And here we are, we have this opportunity now to bring vibration, to bring motion and flow back into it. And I can ask it in that moment, okay, are you ready to let go of it now? And so as we do that, what I found in all these years is that the body will always tell me the truth. The mind will say something, you know, I'll, I'll do the intake and they'll say, oh, Da, 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 da. Oh, I have some pain here in my neck. What is this? You know, whatever, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm just asking the body. I'm watching the whole body, right? We're scanning mm-hmm. the body, the breath. Where are they holding? What are the patterns? Where is the spirals expressing itself? The distortion in the spiral of the body. And essentially then we want to bring that spiral back into its natural mola, the spring of life to bounce, mm-hmm. to be resilient. It wants to do it. And so we're looking for where is that density 
and how do we introduce space again to that place? I hope that kind of expresses some of the yeah. <laughs> it's, the this is a it's a very <laughs> it's a very difficult thing to explain because it's meant to be felt. It's totally felt. You know, it's like yeah. Tell me about God. Well. Uh, <laughs> all right tell me about tell me about music yeah tell me yeah exactly you know it's it's uh it's a difficult thing it's it's a gnosis with a g and it's a feeling that you that you get but ultimately as i started to really understand it as we stepped into this apprenticeship which was really honestly you know i've learned from a lot of people and i had a lot of mentors like don howard and different people and i had you know i was you know brought through an initiation by a siri elder and so i have some some experience but this was probably the the most like formal apprenticeship even though it was short and it's ongoing still that i've been through (laughs) but as i started to switch over to the other side and see through your eyes and start to see what you're looking for and what you're doing it was really really interesting to start Mm -hmm. to tap in and and understand that you know i just thought when i was receiving okay he's shaking my body okay cool but what is that doing and then you're just watching these kind of patterns start to release but also watching where they're not releasing watching where the body is holding where it's not moving where it's tight so again that's that's your sonar thing that you're doing and sometimes you'll be holding my big toes or we'll be holding toes or be holding heels and pulling or we'll be holding thumbs and waving the waving the arms or on the shoulders Mm -hmm. or on the hips or wherever And, and you just start to get a sense with the body and start to feel it and it's a feeling that some part of it is your eyes, some part of it is your mind that's tracking their breath, but really the the biggest part is coming from deep. It's your own body's intelligence recognizing their body's intelligence. And that's where that's where the real information comes from and you just start to know. You start to know what mm-hmm. the body needs and there's certain things that you go to, you know, there's certain things like this is generally going to be helpful like a sacral hold sliding the hand under holding the sacrum Mm -hmm. underneath there because this is usually face up that's generally going to be a good idea you know to kind of anchor the body back to the table right but it depends but it depends you know you know so there's like there's there's like moves but you don't know which improvisation exactly and that's where it's just like music exactly so so part (laughs) of it was learning some of the moves Okay, this is a sacral hold. Yeah. Okay, this is a cranial sacral hold. Okay, this is this is trigger. This, this is all these tools. Yeah, this, this is myofascial. You know, to pulpment. This is this is yeah. all of these different things. This is the uh, what is the hummingbird thing that we do? The with the what is this called again? <laughs> that's a clearing. That's 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 a that's a clearing. I don't. There's no. I don't have a name for oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's all these, there's things, all these things. There's, there's also there's not techniques that, yeah. that aren't <laughs> yeah. from any like there's things that there are moves just, that you have and you you yeah. actually imp- you, you know, still are coming up with new moves. You grabbed like a pillowcase the last time <laughs> we were working and we're like doing this thing with my head and a pillowcase. It's like snake, holy, snake like a little spine. S- fucking snake thing. <laughs> so it's like some part is like learning the skills. Like these are some of the skills, but when you're actually doing it, it's you're just listening. You're, you're listening. just listening, but, listening, but it's like you have the you have the some phrases of how to communicate and respond to what you're hearing. If the body's like, I need this, instead of being like, Well, fuck, I hear you, but I don't know what to do. Right. Like a, a big part of it was, I hear you, and now I have these tools that are available that might be the right solution <laughs> to respond to what you're saying. It's like it's like learning a bunch of scales. 
like when you're learning music, you have yeah. to learn all these skills. You have to shed all these skills, or you have to learn all these. You know, in martial arts, you have to learn all these different this vocabulary of different movements. You know, that are their attacks or and defenses too. or jiu-jitsu, exactly. arm bars or triangles then, or chokes or whatever. Yeah, but then you forget them. Yep. The, the art form is you then you you surrender all of them. You let them go. Literally, you forget them completely, and you come back with your white belt as a total apprentice, that black belt that's been totally worn into the white and it's lost all of its paint, right? And all the sweat from all your experience and just beginner's mind. And you ask, you ask yourself and you ask this body, non-verbally, you ask it with your full presence, how can I serve? How can I be of the greatest service? And so the para el bien de todos, for the good of all, comes into a very focused prayer of how can I serve right now? How can I fully get out of the way and be of greatest service? And then the answer comes. And it's not an answer that hits your frontal cortex. It's an, actually an answer that hits right in your heart and then ripples out through your, your limbs, which then become the limbs of creator. Mm. Well said. And, you, and then you literally are there moving and working with them in this dance with their body, making music, moving. And, and it's just such a magical thing because as you move with them with that kind of presence, it's, it's healing and self-organizing in a level that we never experience as humans. Because think about it. When do we get to have another human being have their hands on our body in a non-sexual way? that was total presence, with absolute presence, maybe more than a lover, because they're there only in service to help support your health and well-being and, yeah. and wholeness. And that's all they're there for two hours of un, or three hours or four hours in our sessions, yeah. you know, with total presence to bring healing and support the prayer of your life. And, and in so doing, knowing that as I support the prayer of your life, Aubrey, I know that I'm supporting the prayer of all life. Including yourself. Including my own. Yeah. And that's the thing, even though I'm touring these days and, it's, and I've stopped with COVID, I haven't been seeing clients. You know, we did that special session for you and that apprentice. Yeah. And I, every time, again, I hadn't seen any clients. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, riding a bike. It's like, it's just so in me. It's like, yeah. I, I don't, it's just, I show up. What's <laughs> yeah. going to happen? We know. And I don't know. It's just the spirit's going to guide this. And just to say, like, I, when I left that, our apprenticeship that we did together, I felt so reminded of like, wow, this is, I can't stop doing this work. Even though I'm out there touring and I'm sharing my right. music with the world, it's like, and I, there's such so important for my own wholeness of like why I'm here on this earth to be in service in that way. There's something so special about it, so sure. sacred, you know, that's so part of a lineage that I continue. And so it was that reminder too of teaching you and sharing you this, like, oh, this is something I have to do in this lifetime. I came yeah. here, like, I can't like, just die <laughs> yeah, with definitely me. Definitely not. You know, it definitely has to be passed on and transmitted to, to others. So I know that'll, that'll come that time. But. And it's also, hmm. we can get stuck again in the myth of scale. And the myth of scale is, well, if I spent this time working on music for you, then, you know, this could get millions of listens. Millions of people could hear this music. <laughs> could reach more people. Versus, yeah, it could reach more people versus if I'm just with this one person, mm -hmm. you know, well, that's only one person. But that's a myth. One person is every that's person. All, every person, yeah. Right? And so when we can really understand that and stop saying, oh, this person's more important because they reach more people, or if I do this thing, it'll reach more people than if I just sit with this one person and have this one conversation. Yeah. You know, like that may be just as valuable as this one video that goes, you know, and reaches 100,000 people. Like, it's really rewiring that and understanding that, you know, we are all representatives of the whole. And yeah, it's great to push these things out to as many, and the, but it's also great to really go deep, you know, with 
with like, the individual. Like a chaos system, like in, in chaos theory, right? This notion that the butterfly wing, one movement of a butterfly wing can cause an F5, you know, yeah. <laughs> hurricane or like, a, you know, this massive earth change. Yeah, just through an avalanche. So that one conversation, you know, that one conversation that you have with that individual that you just happen to pass by touches them in a way or touches you in a way that creates ripples and transformation. But even then, no even then, watch how the myth of force sneaks in in mm -hmm. your own mind how now you're having to say that one person is affecting a lot of people the butterfly wing is affecting the hurricane but what if it's just a butterfly wing what if it's just the wing what if it's just that person so what so what <laughs> and like that matters too you know it what does. i mean like that myth that it has to be big is something that i think really really traps us mm. to say like these a lot of people maybe maybe I'm sure people listening now like, oh man, I would feel good about myself if I was like Aubrey and I had a podcast There's so many people with that reached this many people, then, then I would be really doing a good job. I would be a good boy or a good girl and I'd be helping. You can do that with some random person in the street, some person, one person who reaches out to you. And that's just as important as what I'm doing or what you're doing. It Absolutely. really is. Absolutely. And like that's like more important. Yeah, that's it. Like that's <laughs> it. Like show be up there. Presence. Love your dog. Like really like be there with them and play and like get in there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. Like allow yourself, like take off this mantle of it has to be big and it has to create this. It has to look like this. And it has to create this big impact, mm -hmm. you know, and just say like, this is important too. And I think that's a big, I'm talking to myself, of course. <laughs> always. You know, because I'm looking, I'm looking at men always. This is, yes. You want a fucking cheat code? You want a cheat code? Everything I'm telling you always and everything I create is also for me, right? Like this is the fucking cheat code. But this, this, this understanding is something that it just creates so much more freedom. It creates so much more freedom. And it's not that you're going to stop doing the big things, but it's just that you're not going to value them more than these other things and that's the that was the beauty that i felt when we were getting in and starting to do this work and why i was drawn to it mm -hmm. you know is that i'm not gonna do a thousands of these sessions and become a you know become a body worker in this way a healer in this way but to have that and to be able to gift that in certain circumstances and i was able to you know my first session that i gave after the apprenticeship because we did some together and first, let me explain that during that process, while we were doing this together, I could feel myself doing the real things that you were doing, not just the physical things, but I could feel energy moving and all the pantomiming that I'd been doing. I was like, oh my goodness, I was pantomiming all of this time. And I don't do it that often. It's not like I'm going around raking people, but every once in a while I would. <laughs> and I was like, that was a charade. I wasn't really feeling it, but then because I knew that when I was really feeling it, mm. I knew I was doing something. Mm -hmm. I knew, even when I wasn't touching them, even when I was using the using the feather or using what using my hands and not like or just using my heart, my heart energy. Yeah, presence. It was doing. It was really doing something, and that was that was this really mind. It just shifted this whole paradigm of this is really real. Not only can this one wizard named Porangi offer this, but it's available and it's learnable, and we're we're all capable of this thing. And this thing is real. This energy field, this auric field, 
you know like i'm not into the photos that show like i think it's just a polaroid trick and i don't really believe most <laughs> of this stuff right and i believe i think that most people doing reiki it's mostly pantomiming but it can be real it can Absolutely. be real you know and that was that's the beauty of it and and that changed that changed so much for me and it was such a gift and i have so much gratitude for you to do that and and you can feel what what happens there and, and in the session that i offered first of all i realized like wow like this is a this is a this is a long journey to mastery here <laughs> you know but cuz the the mind will get in like oh uh -huh. am i doing this right like am i listening right Am I community? And then you just get back into the listening, get back into the gentle rocking and the and your own presence. But as I was working on, you know, this woman's shoulder, and she's just a friend, and 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 we were working on this, and and she started to to weep, mm. like really like weep as I was working on these this fascia that was kind of bound in her right shoulder, and and I was just feeling it and she was crying and i could feel that i could feel that come up and i was like oh wow mm. like this is the moment where it's different than a massage because i've given lots of massages and nobody's ever cried mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah. and i'm a i'm a decent masseuse <laughs> but this was different this was different yeah. because the energy was different and it was doing something different and your energy was different my energy was different and it allowed the body to release this somatic storage. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that great book, The Body Keeps a Score. Something in her shoulder was keeping a score. And, you know, it was some issues with the masculine that she's had in some ways that, and it was just gently allowing it to let go. Yeah. You know, and it's not that it wouldn't come back and it's, she's cured forever of her issues in that thing. But just for that day, for that time, it just took that and allowed it to move. Yeah, allowed it to 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 leave. That's a sacred a sacred process and responsibility, and gift. You know, as a man especially, when you're able to hold the feminine, a woman, a sister, a partner, there's a, something that happens when we do that in that non-sexual way. It's really really healing for yeah. the feminine to receive from a man in a non-sexual way with total presence, with no other agenda, with when they can feel literally the resonance of the safety that they don't want something from me, which most women, I've learned through my, my partner, Ashley, you know, so many women have this trauma ingrained from a very early age that they're being hunted, literally. Mm -hmm. It's a very different experience on being a man, you know, and having the privilege of being a man in our society. So it's immense, immense, immense. I cannot stress enough how important and sacred it is when we're able to create healing touch and safety for the feminine and to do that. And when the feminine feels that resonance and feels that it's it's palpable, the armor can go away and they can unfurl. There's something so sacred and so beautiful happens. And often, more than not, there's a lot of sadness and grief underneath that that just wants to be released and let go of. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It's so healing. It's healing for both men and women. And it's healing not only in that moment, but literally that kind of work is healing forward and backwards. It's healing our relationship to our mothers and our fathers. It's healing the relationship to our children. It heals in multiple directions. It's really important. Yeah. It's super divine. So I, I'm so happy to hear that. That makes me proud of you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. 
you know that idea of the hunter and the hunted is this thing that's played out it's part of the dream it's part of the story it's part of attraction and, and this whole how you how you attract the other mate the the men show up as you know i am this you know i am this thing that the the worthy hunter for example i have these things i dress this way i have these resources i have these skills and this thing and and i am the worthy hunter and a lot of times you know women will show up as and i am the one that you want to hunt and there's this idea that's all woven in that's in this kind of predatory system of our of, of relationship and even how you know women wearing high heels to a certain extent it's almost it's like prey that's been hobbled in a way you know it is beautiful and i think women can wear heels and be fully empowered like this is me being a badass and these are my badass heels and i'm going to look amazing and i'm not trying to disempower that aspect of it but i think there is some subtle way where it's like here i am i'm prey don't you want me don't you want me and the men are like yeah i want you i'm a predator and i will i can capture you and you you're surrendering your ability mm. to run away mm. and i think there's these like d these kind of interesting primal dance between predator and prey and you see this in the animal world as well you know and and it's the men with the the males birds with the with the bright feathers and, the and they do the dance and they're doing the dance and mm -hmm. And so it is, it is this beautiful primal thing, but it can also get kind of twisted in this way and, and disempowering in this way. And, and I think it's, it's, my, it's good to be mindful. And I'm not trying to cast judgment on the whole system because it is, it is this beautiful polarity and this dance that, that when acknowledged and when done in awareness mm. is a very beautiful thing. But when it's not, you, know, you can get lost in being the predator or being the attractive prey and and forget like this is just a game you know like we are both all equally empowered beings you know looking to actually find a union you know where there is no predator and prey where it's just two equal spirits and beings you know that are going to jump in and and dance in this in this beautiful in this beautiful resonance yes and i think there's something to be said about the context again that we're living in in our society in 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 a patriarchal quote unquote patriarchal society there's a really important piece that we have to acknowledge as men that we're in this position of power inherently by the way the system is presently configured and we're being asked in a very deep way by the feminine i believe at this time to to look at ourselves and look at this old story almost like it, the excuse almost like the alpha male and the whole thing of like it's almost been dressed up like a sexy story that's like this is kind of a nice narrative that we all can buy into and it, it's just how nature is look at lions look right. at whereas there's a deeper piece that i think we have to look at i find and and ask the question how do we step from being a predator to being protector yeah what does it look like when we can actually create safety for the feminine and still have our freedom, which we need as men. It's yeah. really important. And and what is that sacred relationship with the feminine? Um, and and you know, I, I say feminine because I, to say the gender, obviously our biological gender, whatever it is, if we identify sure. as masculine or feminine, we all have both to different degrees. Um, but how we then 
walk in a beauty way with the feminine in a way that we can create that safety and not just for our beloved, but for all women. How can, for me, for instance, at a performance, at a show, when we're producing an event or retreat, how do I make it so that all the women there can feel really fucking safe? Yeah. Like so safe that they can just unfurl and be themselves, be fully witnessed, unapologetic, and know that they're not going to be judged, know that they're not going to be taken advantage of, know that they are so safe and held. What I find time and time again, and, and even in my relationship with Ashley, it's like when I'm able to do that for her in a good way, like what emerges out of that, the real power of the feminine that we haven't even seen yet. I feel like we haven't even seen really the real medicine that women have for us as men on this earth. Like they embody the earth and the intelligence of our earth mother in a way that we can't. And, and not because it's bad or it's lacking, but literally because that's not our role. Mm -hmm. Our sacred role is to create safety, to tend the fire, to make the house, the hearth, a safe place for them to really then be our guiding staff of wisdom, to receive the intelligence through their moon cycle and their sacred union with the earth and with their relationship with their sacred organs. And when they're in internal order, they're able to help us stay on course of how we're to move all of civilization, all of the world forward in a good way yeah and it is a very important point to say that the biological gender depending on your genitals it doesn't matter you know there's certainly i've known i've known women who are like the praying mantis right like here i am i'm this irresistible prey but as soon as i get you in my in my grasp i'm gonna eat your head off <laughs> like i am going to i like you're done and i'm going to chew you up and spit you out and it's mm -hmm. this reversal and that's again just taking back like, oh yeah, you think you're the predator? Come here, predator. Come, come, come to my cave, predator, and watch yourself be devoured. You know, and there's a there's, it comes all back from it, the same it, wound, yeah, the same original wound. Of course. And yeah. so it can be either, it can be absolutely either way. Yeah. And it's just tapping into those different energies that that are that are all available to all of us. And and also as men, that ability to tap into the feminine and, and feel the earth, you know, and in some ways we're all the feminine. Like we're just, I've said this before, but we are, we are the mother, but just with genitals, just with a penis and balls, but we're still the mother. It's not <laughs> like we're still mother earth. We're still the mother. We're just embodying a masculine energy if we so choose to embody that masculine energy. But it's all we're all part of the same thing we're all earth we can't escape water yeah fire air that's yeah. it ether all of the elemental beings we're all we're all of that and i think we can we can also forget that that these energies are available to us but there is something very sacred about when you're really in resonance with with the energy that is naturally and innately a part of you and which mm. is something that's your it's just kind of your your proclivity you know it's your perspective with the proclivity for this certain thing and when you surrender to that like what is it that really wants to come through to me is it more masculine energy or is it more feminine energy or is there some way that this has been warped some wound that has created this expression that's more feminine or this expression that's more masculine than what my real blueprint my real nature as 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 a spirit embodied wants to in that sacred want like what do i really want like what it really wants to express mm. if we can get out of the way and not judge that depend doesn't matter what genitals we have 
But like really just listen. All right, what energy do I want to cultivate? And do I want to cultivate more of this? Or do I want to cultivate more of this? Do I want to express more of this? And how can I deepen this level of mastery? Mm. One of the things that's been happening during this last year with COVID um, is has been this opportunity for me to be off the road and not have to be on the road touring. And, and in that, there's been a lot that's happened around um, kind of cancel culture and a lot of the Me Too movement that came out. And there was a lot of artists, other musicians, peers of mine, who were actually being called out by women who'd been, you know, who'd been really gone through horrible experiences with these men. Yeah. Who naturally already we ha- were men. We're not only men, but we were men who put on a stage who have a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, beings who are, are looking to us as kind of, you know, as leaders. We're leaders. We're quote unquote, in a way, we're more pol- powerful than politicians in some ways because we're able to not be in all that bullshit but we're still able to influence people and and how they feel through music and so it's a really sacred responsibility and in that time one of the prayers that came through for both ash and i was the importance of of being able to take this opportunity of of other men other artists not being on the road and to come together and to start doing men's work and so i've actually had this gift this year where i've I've gotten to get together with other my peers touring artists full-on you know who are not touring during this time now things are changing starting to open up but back in September, we did our first men's retreat where I facilitated and with another brother from the Sacred Sons. And we went through this beautiful container that we created for a group of musicians, touring musicians, who normally it wouldn't be as easy for us to hang out with other, just other men, obviously, because it might be fans, things like that. So being sure. with your peers. And I share this because as we did the work, there was something so powerful that came through in that. And for me, it's been super healing of this getting really in touch with where where am I needing to look at my blind spots? Where am I able to really show up in a deeper way for the feminine and do so in a way? And if I'm able to do that, it's like this notion of if I'm able to do that and actually live it on and off stage, in other words, not only I'm singing these songs and I'm, I'm bringing this message through my music, but when I'm actually living that, and this was with these other artists as well, which I won't name out of confidentiality, it was so powerful to feel what happens. It's like our music became more powerful. Mm. Like what was coming through us was that much more potent. And, and there's something to be said. I feel like at this time on the earth, we're being asked as artists to really step into another level, I believe, as human beings. And I say artists, I mean, capital A, all of us artists, to really live in a, in, in a greater resonance with truth and being our word and not just speaking it because it sounds nice and it sounds like a good idea. And it's been kicking my ass. Mm. This has been such a challenging year because I've been home and I've been without any outlets and my partner locked up in a small house, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> having to figure out what to do as an artist and not doing body work, not having any of the outlets of, of expression that I normally have. And so when you bottle up the creativity that I carry, it's, it can get ugly. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and I've been humbled by it, you know, sure. and Sedona is like a, a literally amplifier of everything. And so I've been super humbled by it. And it's also been so freaking healing. And that when I show up and I've been blessed to have a partner who's been so patient with me and, and willing to be there with me and, and as I go through my process with this, uh, I'm, I just, I'm coming back to re-upping in this relationship and like showing up. Here we are 10 years in and I'm still in this. And it's like, there's a part of me wants to leave. and like, I've had enough. I want to give up, throw in the towel. I need to change this. And I'm just like, this is my biggest teacher of all my teachers showing up through my fear, 
through my anger, through the rage, the wounded masculine, through my father and my grandfather and all these things I've inherited, to be able to literally choose differently, to say, so what? There's that anger again, so what? And immediately be able to then, I get to choose differently. I get to show up and, and choose love. Mm-hmm. I get to love you through your stubbornness. I get to love you through your anger and your resentment for me because I'm not showing up this way. I get to laugh at this. And in that laughter and that play, come back to my heart and then show up in just total love, unconditional love. And when that happens, each and it's a, it's a day-by-day play. I don't know what's going to happen today. Sure. <laughs> we come back late last night from the studio working all night and Ashley's just like, where were you? I made dinner. What the hell? you know? And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I love you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm choosing love. I could get triggered, but I'm choosing love right now. And sometimes I can't. I gotta go crash out. I cannot deal. But having the discernment to be like, babe, I don't, I don't have the resources right now. Let me, let me just. I need to take some time. I promise I'll be back in this amount of time. Yeah. And just having that responsibility versus the old me that might be like, well, what the fuck? I've been working my ass off all day. Like, you know, it might like go another way. Sure. It's like there's just this level that this year in this men's work and this invitation coming back to this question of how can we show up as better men right now? And how do we show up as better men in society? How do we show up as better men? But it's doing that inner work in ourselves. I believe right now we're being asked to do in such a deep way because by doing so in these little ways, like we were saying earlier, it makes such an impact on our families, on our communities, on the whole planet Mm -hmm. in service to the mother. Yeah, this is the this is the time and it, it feels like collectively collectively as things continue to spiral in interesting and challenging ways, it's uh this is the time. And I don't think it's I don't discount the synchronicity of this kind of deep process and the challenge that I've felt as well individually, how it's been showing up at this time in the world as well. It's kind of like all right, now the now the the stakes are growing and the things are going. Now how can you laugh through this too? Can you love through this too? Can you choose this different way through this too? And and that's a that's a it's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity that we have. It's a it's mm-hmm. a blessing to be here at this time when we can really it can really make a significant impact and the stakes are high. You know, that's the classic like what brings the best out of any you know surfer or any athlete like what trigger one of the flow state triggers is the there has to be stakes like a great surfer who surfs a little baby wave yeah he might be having fun but it's not going to bring out his best ride mm. but when it's a big wave where the stakes are high and he could crash or it's a big competition or it's a big it's the what's why people like the playoffs in sports Mm. because the stakes are high it matters more it's an agreed upon thing that matters more but now it feels like the whole world is like okay it matters more now matters more now than it ever has and so it's the opportunity to bring more and it's also you know can go the other way it can cause people to be like this is too much and you know they'll have to hit bottom and bounce off before they have the energy to accept this kind of mantle and i've certainly done a little bit of both a little bit of crashing and a little bit of showing up but when you just reframe it as like okay now now here's another even greater opportunity mm-hmm. and a greater invitation to be better you know to, and not better maybe to the wrong word but to be mm-hmm. be the fullest expression of what i'm capable of mm-hmm. and really set my priorities right 
and become even more aware of my hidden subconscious patterns and just say, no, no, this is who, this is me and this is what I stand for. And uh, it's, that's the beauty of the time we're in right now. And I think we all chose it. We're like, all right, we're coming here for, we're coming here for this. We're here for this shit. It's here. We're here for this. Yeah. And so it's, it's like the thinking of the hunter again. It's like we're being asked to really be hunters in, in this way of we have to really be on our game tracking the parts of us, the, the shadow part of us that is really wanting to kind of go with the comfort, go with the default kind of back to normal life as it mm. was before COVID, for instance. It's like we're being asked, I think right now, to really track like where can we live more in integrity and impeccability and sobriety. And I don't mean sobriety, just like not drinking alcohol. I mean, like, what is sobriety when we're not just in our in our feeding ourselves drunk on our own delusion? Drunk on our own delusion. Yeah, on the emotion and whatever you know that that trigger that we go back to those patterns catastrophizing or the, or the validation patterns. Drunk on our Instagram following, drunk on our likes, drunk on our metrics, yes. drunk on what other people think yes. about us, drunk on the drama of the world. These other dreams were just yeah. And then you you can sober up for a minute and say yeah. like. Oh, wow. One of our teachers calls this uh, the inner chief, that we all have an inner chief. And so it's like really calling on our inner chief, that ability to choose. The chief chooses. What are you choosing right now? You get to choose. Do you want to, you know, feel it? Take, take back your power mm-hmm. in that moment when you could, you could easily just go to that default behavior, that default reaction and choose. I'm choosing right now to show up differently. I'm choosing to let that go. Yeah. I'm choosing to laugh at this because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm choosing to say so fucking what. Yeah. And I'm and I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna play and I'm gonna meet you with total love and total presence. Yeah. And that's I feel is like the big piece that is being invited right now. And and it's not that it's gonna be perfect every day. It's like each time you have the you fall off the horse, <laughs> dust it off, lather yeah, yourself, sure. get back up on the horse. And so each day, like in the men's work, and I, I think you've been doing some of this yourself. No doubt. It's so helpful because to have a, a counsel, whether it's men or women, having your your group of of peers that can be there and really hear you when you share, like I I fell off, and help you get cleaned up. Literally, like the first thing we do on our calls with the other men is we do an an honor roll, we call it, where we check in and like where have we been out of integrity, where have I not been my word, and the brothers are able to then hold that and then give me suggestions to help me clean it up. How can I get back in integrity? Because it's not like about beating myself up now and now I'm, I'm like this and now I'm just going to, because that just leads to the same. I'm just going to keep going back and doing the same behavior versus like, I'm committing to this. You all witness me and hold me. And maybe I need to do 20 push-ups. Maybe I need to go do some specific task, you know, to like, mm-hmm. to, to, to honor what I went out of integrity around. As a symbol. As a symbol. Without the, without the without the self-rejection without and the, the shame and the thing, but like, all right. Yeah. It's so liberating. That, yeah, I think that's beautiful. Let's talk about this album. Yo. Let's talk about this album. Musica. Yeah. So the idea as this birth was, you know, through Fit for Service and through many of the different practices, we've I've really understood the deep, deep value of certain practices, mm. setting a, a beautiful intention, you know, offering a prayer, breath work. You know, like really going deep into the body and, and with your breath and pranayam and mm. and the whether it's Wim Hof or whether it's Shamanjelic, which is Anahata who mm. first taught this to me, or whether it's you know your own yogic practice, breath of fire, 
or kundalini or whatever it is, but breath work practice, so valuable. Ecstatic dance, something else we talked about, these, these technologies that can really liberate. Meditation, going deep into the stillness and finding the source. Mm. And then the integration and then the, the desire to be of service and to bring these gifts back out to the world. Bodhisattva. Yeah. And so we identified these five kind of core things for a human being, you know, from intention setting, breath work, dance, meditation, and integration. And we're like, all right, how do we bring this into, <laughs> into music, into a musical journey, you know, gathering as many of the, you know, the maestros of these different arts as we could and end up with myself and you and Eric Zhang, who's an incredibly talented musician, Amani, amazing. who's an amazing Amani musician, friend. and Vailana, who's Vailana. An am- has an amazing divine voice. Yeah. And so it's the five of us creating this hour-long journey of music, and I'm offering my spoken word and and my poetry through this, and and weaving this all together for an experience like mm. experiential music and uh it's been an amazing process to dive in and watch this all unfold your first your first album up. first album man <laughs> yeah yeah it's been incredible how, how do you feel right now we're, we're at the for those i don't know when everyone's going to be listening but we literally last night we just finished your final takes and kind of just listening yeah. through the last pieces so we've been in a, such a deep birthing process here it's been interesting you know i mean it's uh first there's you know i, I had this kind of vision for this you know and and that's a that's a role that i'm i've i'm always been good at seeing things and like seeing like this is something that's important and that was my initial contribution is the vision and some of the organization and then i knew that the the words you know was also what i would contribute but the also being around such masters with such superpowers all of you and just watching guys like holy shit you can do that with a <laughs> drum with a vase with a with the <laughs> table with a, and, and you can just sing like this and and you can do all and you can make music from a computer like this and <laughs> so there was some of that and and uh mm. there was a that moment of like wow this is a lot and i knew that i had to really bring the very best that i could and i started with some words and the words were just they weren't quite there and then just trying to get deeper and deeper and doing my own work these past weeks our session and my own work and although i gotta say i'm like can freaking get some words down awfully fast i'm quite envious i'm like that's definitely a superpower <laughs> yeah i mean the words but to get them really right yeah, the refinement you know, the to refine. get them really right where they really they're really coming from the heart and these symbols are are meaning and placed in the place that i want them to be placed it's been a really amazing process and in a it's been an, an immense amount of work though you know i mean this is long long days in the studio and people don't a, realize how much goes in no, to every minute all. of sound <laughs> like yeah every every f- 5 seconds of sound yeah, every each measure bar, each bar is, yeah. yeah it's it's so much thought and presence mm-hmm. and presence is like the long form right it's like as you have to really as you construct we're architecting creating the bed and creating the forms above that and the other forms above that. And then it's like going back, oh, that bed doesn't work anymore. So you're just this whole dialogue on all these levels. And then that level is expanded across time. 
yeah. and all the emotions, right? There's different emotions that are unfolding and how we want the emotions to land and the cadence mm-hmm. really feeling, right? How we want each to progress into the next. Because this isn't just like we're writing a five minute like hit song, you know, yeah. a pop song. It's yeah, like totally. each piece is like 15 minutes and it's a journey and they weave into the next and they need to each have their sequence in a way that someone could listen to an hour without wanting to like hit next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The place that their mind isn't wandering off that they can really be really be present with mm-hmm. this this isn't this wasn't designed as background music mm-hmm. you know to just for you to be doing something else and just listen to there's a lot of beautiful music that does that that can be like this totally. kind of background soundtrack to your own life but this is this is a journey and i think that was what was exciting it was it was mm-hmm. the uniqueness of what this offering really was you know, yeah. it's, there's lots of music that you can dance to and there's music that you can do breath work to. And I've done that music you can meditate to, but the intention from every little craft was for specifically this purpose. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like, it can be used for this, <laughs> you know, yeah. but but the intentionality of everything is, uh, is I think what the unique offering of this is. And, and, you know, the title of the album is Remembrance. It's mm-hmm. to remember these essential practices this essential nature of who we are the one who can set a prayer and an intention the one who breathes with consciousness the one who dances completely free of self-judgment and that watching Mm -hmm. watching eye that's saying am i doing it right and the one that can let everything go and just go deep Mm -hmm. deep into the stillness and then the one that can come back and serve you know that's all of us that's everybody when we do that sequence there's so the intelligence of that too just to say is the sequence is so key because it literally takes you in just the right way so that it leaves you in this place of more wholeness and inability to then show up in greater service yeah and that's really what we said so the name of the band i don't yeah. know if you want to reveal yeah, it yeah for sure for, for the good of all <laughs> for the good of all and that was also the that was that thing of like if we're all worried about, all right, what are going to be the Spotify numbers and what are going to be this and what are going to be that, we're missing the point of our whole That's not band. Not the point, you know? exactly. It's like this is this yeah. is a this is yeah. an act of service. We all have our totally. own beautiful things that are going on, but you know, and of course, our ego gets woven in, and it's it's a natural part and has to be accepted. But really, the prayer is that this is just something that's going to be of service, maybe to a few maybe to many mm-hmm. but it's it's our damn best effort and that's all effort. we can ever be responsible for it's that's just it. we gave it everything and we're still and i know and it's if you not don't even like done. it so what <laughs> so what <laughs> <laughs> so what but when do you, you think when do you think it'll be ready it's a good question um i don't know when this podcast is going to drop but we'll probably try to time it somewhat close so okay yeah so probably i mean we still got a mixing stage which that one can be anywhere from Couple weeks to a month, I'm I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking probably in July sometime. All right. Yeah, maybe beginning of August. Yeah, in that window frame. So yeah. we'll see when this releases. mastering. Depending on mastering, we still have to do too. So maybe this will be like an early preview to get y'all stoked, or totally. maybe this will be coming right out or about at the time of release. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see when this launches. But uh, it's yeah. been just such a pleasure to. Man, just be in this life with you, brother. Yeah, brother. I love you so much, man. And I've gotten so many, so many gifts, you know, from Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. So grateful for all the ways that we've gotten to support each other on this journey. And 
No yeah, it's, it's just beautiful to think back to that first session when we met, right? And uh, at Grace Grove yeah. on the table. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I was just another massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's time for your body work. All right, great. This sounds relaxing. <laughs> He's like, was that a flipper? I think yeah. it was the <laughs> that, and that was also my first breath work, too. It was also the first breath work. First right. breath work. First, breath. that was a huge, huge wow. moment where these new things started to really unfurl and things that now i think most people kind of have an idea you mm -hmm. know like they're starting to and we need all of them this is the all. time where we need all of the oh. technologies from our plant teachers from our you know spirit teachers from our human teachers Please. from every every different technology and medicine it's time it's time mama needs us that's it more than ever that's it yeah. okay let's go okay yeah Let's go. <laughs> you want to bring us home with a little music, brother? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Thank you, brother. Thank you, Juan. I love you. I love you, too. And thank you for everybody being on this journey here on this podcast. As as appropriate, this was a medicine journey for me, as every time we get together is. Where's uh, where's some, What's some things you can share with some people, things that you're working on, things that you got going on, brother? Yeah. So pretty big big uh big things coming down the pipeline we've got um got several bodies of work of music this mm-hmm. project that we're doing there's two already albums of music that i have to sit on for a little bit <laughs> as you know i do um, know <laughs> for a very special project for this new clinic that's coming out uh it's an amazing place that our dear brother dr dan and and brother gunter have been working on it's called kuya so I know that they're, we're really excited for that. It's going to be an incredible prayer and, and offering to the world. And so I've been making music for them uh, for the clinical setting. And I can only say that for now. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but two amazing albums and two more to come. So it'll be four hours of music for therapy coming, uh, hopefully starting to release beginning in the fall. And this summer, after we finish this project and the mixing's all done, I'm going in after Sundance into a two-month period of total uh inner work where i'm going to be birthing my next solo album which has been a long time coming mm. and i'm i'm just uh really really gonna be uh thinking of all of you and and thank you all for just holding me in your thoughts and prayers as as these new songs come through this song that i just sang for you is one of them and so it's a little preview of, of what's to come my way home and uh, this, by the way, is the Ngoni. We were talking about hunters, you know, at multiple moments in this. And I just want to say this is the hunter's harp uh, from Burkina Faso, West Africa. And this, uh, this is the hunters would, would carry this instrument and they would play the songs of the hunt and tell the stories that way. So it felt apropos to have it here with us. Ten strings on this one. Sometimes they vary from eight to 12 to 15 strings. And I love the ten because it's like the ten fingers mm. invite us. What are we doing with these hands? What are we creating? We're pulling the trigger or we igniting each other's hearts on fire. So uh, with that, there will be also a retreat. Anybody out there who would like to come and experience the music, I've mentioned the Music is Medicine retreats. This will be the fifth one. We're doing it this fall. Uh, the dates are coming up. It's beginning of November, right after Fit for Service. So really excited to share that. Um, that's going to be here in Sedona, Arizona. And uh, yeah, and then beyond that, we just started an, a platform with COVID, a new network, Music is Medicine is the platform, and it's um, under my website, porangi.com. Go to members and you guys can join that. And that's a way that I'm getting to create an amazing community off the socials and the algorithms controlling things. And as you know, you guys started one for Fit for Service. I know it's amazing as well. So mm. it's so incredible to be able to have a direct channel where we can share our hearts and really be vulnerable and share some of the skills I've been teaching on there. There's some different uh, groups that are formed there, including uh, offering all the replays of the medicine streams that I did. So anyone who doesn't know, during COVID with no touring, I started as an offering doing these, what we called the medicine streams, which were live streams of basically performances, prayers with Ashley and I in the studio here at, at our house and making these offerings, we started every Sunday, we did it in the beginning of COVID. Every Sunday is like, just like church, where we're just gonna get down and just bring through the prayers sonically. And it was so good. It was just felt so necessary with all the things happening. Sure. And so those all stayed as uh, the full replays. There's snippets that stayed online that anyone can check out, but the full replays, the two hour sets are all there through our network. So feel free to check those out. There's a lot of beautiful music there, all original stuff. So 
tons of good music. So I'm part of that is I'm going back to those recordings to pick like, okay, what were the jewels that want to go into this album? Yeah. And then just like flesh them out even more. And super stoked to share that. So if anyone would like to check it out, and then I've also been teaching there and there's replays for all my classes. But this summer, I'm not going to be doing any new content because of the albums. And then in the fall, I'll pick back up probably with some medicine streams. And I think as we start to tour again, we'll probably be streaming some of our shows as part of that. Like those who can't make it to one of our live shows, but come to the live show. <laughs> <laughs> and trimester three in fit for service wow that's right we're throwing down yeah we're throwing down you're gonna be doing a live ecstatic dance here in sedona unbelievable so uh obviously anybody who's drawn to the fit for service fellowship uh check that out because you'll be able to get a front row experience of uh (laughs) ashley and their medicine so and last but not least um ashley my beloved ashley klein who you guys i think have have, uh we've referred to her a lot she's an incredible mover dancer that's definitely her medicine she's going to be teaching her first embodiment retreat that she's doing with another sister odessa uh amazing dancer masters somatic masters of the body and they're doing their first one in october here in sedona which we're super stoked about um yeah, I've been really, you know, she's been there supporting me through all my work in the world and, you know, a massive piece of that. And this is, I'm finally like, okay, enough. You can't, you got to get out there, girl. And yeah. so this retreat's going to be, yeah, beautiful inauguration of that. And uh, I'm excited to share that medicine with the world. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We love you guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this podcast with Porangi. Make sure you check out all of his music on Spotify and all the programs that he has available. And follow me on social and my newsletter and everything. I'm going to be talking a lot about this album release. We're really excited about it. So that should be out sometime in the fall. So keep a lookout for that. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.